Welcome to Established. Here we are again. My name is Jared Cagle alongside Brandon Bridge Farmer. Yep. 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 Water yep. and coffee. We're ready to go. We're good to go, man. Come on. I like that jacket you have on. Thanks, man. If the Someone viewers called it my youth pastor jacket. Really? Yeah, he's like, You look like a youth pastor. What do you think R. about R. that? Like what does that mean when people say that? I don't know, man. There I'll never forget. This is a sidebar. I'll never forget uh, a few years ago, there was a lady that showed up at the church office but needed to be somewhere else on this campus, so I walked her over there, and um, we were just chatting, and she asked me what I did, and I was like, well, I'm the youth pastor, and she goes, oh, you look like that, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that's like a compliment or It like doesn't a jab. feel like it, does it? It felt like a jab, like... It felt like she was degrading. Me. Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't feel. Oh, good. you're a youth pastor. Yeah. Well, guess what, good. lady? I'm not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> moving on up, you, I guess. Right. I, I guess. You know really, what I'm man, saying? That, telling you, youth ministry is so valuable. It's so important and Very such a important. Anyways, well, that's okay. what I'm saying. Just for all of our listeners, uh, if you ever come up to a youth pastor and you say you look like a youth pastor, just know that that's. that's that's mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a degrading thing. Yeah. I don't know. At it's least... a real, it's a, I had another youth pastor friend that was uh, asked one time, do you want to be a real pastor one day? Wow. Like the youth yeah. ministry isn't real. Anyways. Yeah. We can we, rant we about. We need to be careful because the youth ministry is very important and we want to champion them, the ones that are giving their lives to that. Shout out to all youth pastors. Shout out to all student volunteers, leaders, yeah, small group real leaders. Heroes. Real yeah, heroes. That's right. The real MVPs. All right. So uh, this week on Established, we're going to dive into the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, you know, it's just getting easier as we go along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're picking them, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> it's your fault. You can't blame anybody. So, speaking of that, uh, BB, I'd love if you could define what that means when we say the Trinity. Yep. Right? It's kind of a churchy word because it's actually not mentioned in Scripture. Right? Uh, but it is the best way, at least in our opinion, to describe yeah. the uh, person of God. That's right. Go ahead. You do yeah. it. So Trinity <laughs> just means three. Um, and so we believe that God eternally exists as one God, yet three distinct persons. So he's one God and three distinct persons. Yep. And the word persons throws a lot of people off because when we think of persons, we think of distinct individuals. Um, and it's just because the English language usually is not the greatest for being strong, but three distinct persons. We believe in God, the father as one distinct person. God, the son is one distinct person. God, the Holy spirit is one distinct person that make up one God while each person, I like this. While each uh, person is fully and completely God, the persons are not identical. So when we say that we, all we're saying is <clears throat> they are one God and they have different roles and they cannot be, they're never meant to be separated as um, separate identities. They yeah. Are one God that makes up. Yeah. Made up by three distinct persons. That's really good. Because if they were separated at all, they could not be fully and completely Correct. God. Yeah. Which is really hard because even that sentence seems contradictory because I said they. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot be separated. Yeah. Right. But in our head, when we hear they, we think individual. 
Uh, I love that distinction too. They are distinct mm-hmm. persons, yep. but they're not individual persons. Can we say that? Yeah. Yeah, I would, I'd be comfortable with that. Cool, because they're fully and completely, each person is fully and completely God. Right. And they're not identical. They accomplish different things. Yeah. They accomplish the same thing, but they work that out differently. Yeah, they're they're co-equal. I love <clears throat> this old church uh, creed that says the entire three persons are co-equal, co-eternal with one another, so that we worship complete unity in the Trinity and Trinity in unity. And this idea of like the Trinity is not fractured in our way of defining it. Yeah. That's how we have to understand this. Like we're trying to put to words something that's supernatural and explaining God in a few sentences that make sense to everyone. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> and um, and so even in our best ability to define um, what the Trinity is, it's not fully complete and perfect definition. But this, um, even though some, when you really think about it, it hurts your brain that we could have one and three and three and one. Um, and we try, like, there's always been the trying to give illustrations. Well, he's like an egg. You have the shell, the yolk, and the, the white stuff, and um, which ultimately isn't a great illustration because it fractures. Sometimes it's helpful to try to get your mind around it, but at the end of the day, like, there's no perfect illustration to define God. He's, he's one God, three persons, three and one. There you go. Let's, we've solved it for everyone. Yeah, 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 we've solved it. That was the goal. So we haven't. No. And I'm sure there's questions. So because of that, let's get to the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, we always want to do that, just to be clear. Um, BB and I both, as well as Chestnut Mountain Church as a whole, believe that the Bible is the supreme source of truth. That's right. And so when dealing with things like this that are hard for us to understand, we want to make sure we're turning to the Holy Scriptures. So that being said, Ephesians chapter 1, we believe is the most comprehensive section of of scripture about the trinity. Yeah. It it shows all three persons of God right there and it's it's a really comprehensive uh section. So Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 14 specifically. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love it if we could dive into that a little bit and yeah. and kind of dig through where we see God the Father in this text, where we see God the Son in this text, and where we see God the Holy Spirit which is the Trinity. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, let's just read it. Cool. Uh, we'll read a few sections and just kind of chat about it. And throughout this, you're going to see uh, all throughout all these verses, you'll see God the Father explain, God the Son explain, God yeah. the Holy Spirit explain. But uh, to just start with God the Father, verses three through six says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So even there's jam-packed of blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, two persons of the Trinity, who has blessed us, the Father, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he, the Father, chose us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, the Father's will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So, so much, yeah. just even yeah. in those verses. But you see, like, 
um, that he blesses us in Christ. This, the, what the Father does, he initiates all divine actions. Yeah. Best way I think you can sum up what the Father of the Trinity does is he initiates all divine actions. That's good. He is the initiator. So he blesses us. He chooses us in Christ. How amazing is that? that yeah. Um, that the Father chose us, mm-hmm. the most unworthy, undeserving people he chose. Uh, he predestined us in Christ to be sons and daughters, which that is a word that throws all church people off because it freaks them out, but it just means he predetermines. Uh, he lavishes grace on us. He makes a plan. Uh, he makes his plan known to us. And this is all being accomplished through the Son and the and the Spirit, but... Um, Mm -hmm. and then he accomplishes all things according to his will. So all things happen according to the will of the father. Yep. Um, yeah, that's great. Initiates. Yeah. Originator. Yep. That's, those are key terms to highlight, to, to make, be aware of, um, as we think about the father. Yeah. It's, and then moving on to Jesus, but just thinking like, I would love, I would challenge you to, um, in, in some time, to yourself, go read Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, because if you read it really fast, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the Trinity in this because Paul just refers to him. And sometimes he's referring to Jesus. Sometimes he's referring to the Father. Sometimes he's referring to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And if you slow down and really see like what, what actions are happening, you'll be able to understand it. But uh, 7 through 12 says, In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight and making known to us the wisdom of his will, the Father's will, according to his purpose, the Father's purpose, which he set forth in Christ. He initiated it in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance. In Christ we've obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him, the Father, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that when the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. So when we think of Jesus, what he's doing, the Father initiates all divine actions. The Son accomplishes our salvation. Yeah. So the Father initiates and the Son accomplishes. It's good. So he's removed us from our sin and slavery to sin. He's made it possible that we could be called son, daughter. Yep. He wipes all sin away. Yep. What a beautiful truth of the gospel. Yeah, like that it's not just kind of covered or put a band-aid on. He he wipes it away. Yeah. Brand new. New creation. New creation. Like Second Corinthians yep. five seventeen. In Christ you are new. Yeah. The old is gone, the new is come. And <clears throat> so when you think of those two roles of just the father and the son, the father mm-hmm. initiates it and the son accomplishes good. it. Good. It's amazing to think of like in it when I was doing this study, like I think internally I knew it, but I never had been, I never put words to this. Mm -hmm. Um, This helps me understand how the Trinity functions. Yeah. When you see the father, the father's not just like in heaven doing his own thing and doesn't care. Like he's initiating everything and the son has accomplished it all. And um, yeah, you want to say anything about no, I, um, one thing I do want to say in terms of Bible study, I think it's really helpful to go through. You mentioned this, to read through it slowly. Yeah. Uh, one practical tip that I would say, every pronoun that you see, or if it says who, 
or anything like that in this text right above it or somewhere clarify that pronoun, you know, that helps me when I'm looking through it to understand how to apply these attributes or even apply, just apply the text to to who the writer is talking about. And so if, if he is referring to the father, write the father above it. If he is referring to Christ, write Christ above it and then continue to read it informed, well-informed about Mm -hmm. the pronouns. That makes it just a practical tip. Anyway. Yeah. Keep moving through the text. I love this. All right. And then 13 and 14 to um, cap it up. In him, you have also heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. So in him, you've heard the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him and Jesus. And then you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Here's the third person. Who is... Who's the Holy Spirit? Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So the Holy Spirit applies our salvation. Yeah. So it's initiated by the Father, accomplished by the Son, and applied by the Spirit. And so um, he's, he is continuing, as we talked about last week in the podcast, he's continuing the work of Jesus. Yeah. So... You have Jesus' ministry while he's on earth, and the Holy Spirit continues that ministry after he ascends to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's pointing us to Jesus. He's guaranteeing us of our inheritance that we have in Christ as we become sons and daughters and co-heirs of Christ. He's guaranteeing that. He's promising. He's yeah. sealing us with it. He's bearing witness of that. Um, and he's pointing us to Jesus. Yeah. Um, so he seals us, he applies the work, and he guarantees this inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Because right now, like if if you if you just take that, you know, if you don't see that last part of that verse until we acquire possession, and you just see the guarantee of our inheritance, like what inheritance? This life is hard. Yeah. Well, it's because it's not quite fully here yet, mm-hmm. and so, um, but the. The person of the of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is guaranteeing us that that's coming. Yeah, bearing witness to us that it's coming. It's good. So, just real quick to to yep. summarize, and this is how it's been so helpful to me in my understanding of the Trinity. The Trinity, the Triune God, has initiated in the Father, accomplished in the Son, and applied the salvation through the Holy Spirit. This, this is the Trinity, initiated, accomplished, and applied of our salvation. It's awesome. I mean, I'm, it's solved, right? Like, no more questions, <laughs> no more problems. Like, we are, we're good to go. Yeah. I'm just kidding. There's a lot. There's yeah. so much more to the Trinity than what we just dove into. But Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, to mm-hmm. me, is the clearest of how we see the Trinity functioning yeah. for us in the grand scheme of eternity. Yeah, that's it. It's awesome. What a statement. Man. Wow. Let's let's talk about how this applies to us. How does this affect us? This is kind of how we like to end most conversations because at the end of the day, when you're in the clouds for a 20-minute teaching or however long, you kind of, okay, why is this important? Bring me back down to the ground level for a second. So I'd love for you to share a little bit of, of that, BB. How, how does this apply to us? Why, why is this important 
to us. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there's three things, but before we get there, um, the good news of the Trinity is that salvation isn't up to us. And you yeah. might say, like, wait, wait a second. Like, I want to, I want a part in this. You have a part in it, but God has initiated your salvation. Yeah. He's accomplished your salvation, mm-hmm. and He will apply yeah. your salvation which allows us to rest and go, I don't have to clean up or be good enough or sound yeah, good, good enough. Like he's it's done good. it for me. So the beautiful thing is this, that Christ's past is mm-hmm. your past. Mm-hmm. Like your, your past, Christ crucified, your yeah. sin nature. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Yeah. Jesus' death was to remove our past. Yeah. Now, you might say, like, well, I'm still struggling. I know tomorrow I'll probably sin. Well, yeah, but that was accomplished. Like, your sin was paid for on yeah. the cross so, so that your past would be Christ's past. Like, yeah. Uh, Christ's present is your present. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 says, but God... I love any phrase in scripture that starts with, but God (laughs) being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us. This is, this is your present. You've been raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Like you are not, you are not, the scum of the earth anymore. You are seated with him, a co-heir. You get to awesome. rest in the promises of Christ. Yeah. Um, and then Christ's future is our future. First Corinthians fifteen twenty one through 23. For as by a man came death, by man has also come the resurrection of the dead. By Adam came death to all men, but by Jesus has come the resurrection of the dead. Mm -hmm. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at the coming of those who belong to Christ. Like this promise that Paul's saying here is we will be resurrected in Jesus to have new life, to have a perfect body, no more sadness, no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow. No more yeah. tears. Like, this is our future. Yeah. And this is only possible if the Trinity is is a real thing. <clears throat> so that's why it's so, like, as Bible-believing Christians, as yeah. followers of Jesus, we have to affirm the Trinity. Because if we don't, then it's up to us to initiate a relationship with God. It's up to us to accomplish yeah. our salvation. And it's up to us to apply it. Yeah. But if the Trinity is real... The Father initiated it. Yeah. The Son accomplished it, and the Holy Spirit it's applies good. it. And it's so good. It's it's a joyful, it is joyful relationship. It is with and each person of the Trinity. Yep, we have we have assurance because the Trinity initiates through the Father, accomplishes through the Son, and applies through the Spirit. That's right. Love that. That's so an amazing good. teaching, and I think it's very practical for. I know it is for me, and I think it is also for our listeners. Uh, so thank you for being yeah. with us today. Thank you for listening. Um, sorry you couldn't watch because <laughs> truly, BB's jacket is <laughs> so a good jacket. <laughs> you know, 
hey, come to establish one Wednesday night. Maybe I'll wear it. There you go. Good plug. But yeah. Like us. Subscribe. Uh, subscribe. Give us a nice review. Tell us that it's helpful. Or tell us that it's not. Yeah. And maybe we'll change. We'll pray about it. We'll pray about it. Because it's joyful to walk in relationship with the Trinity. That's right. <laughs>